having a prototype allowed them to do something with it and try it and see if different industries would want it. They initially thought it was one way, but some other industry needed it. And it became this great product, which you would never have thought would have come from textured wallpaper. Welcome to Conversations on Startups, a podcast brought to you by Douglas Ross, author of the book Spark Click Go, How to Bring Your Creative Business Idea to Life, and Glenn Seward of Today's Great Idea, a radio series featuring over 300 origin stories of businesses, brands, and inventions that have changed the culture. Welcome to today's conversation. Hello, this is Doug Ross. Welcome to another episode of Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Today, we are going to take a second look at inventions as a way to create a business. We discussed this and realized from that previous episode that there were a lot of things still unsaid about that important topic, such as manufacturability, scaling, prototyping, etc. So I am here today with Glenn Seward to continue that conversation. How are you doing, Glenn? I'm doing great, Doug. This is a great opportunity for both of us because, you know, we get people, you get people, I get people talking about inventions and they want to do something with them and they're not sure what to do. So, yeah, we had left a lot of stuff that we didn't talk about last time. So let's just jump right in and do that. When people come with an idea, what do you suggest to them at that point? Well, one thing I look for, you might see a, a pitch deck, for example, and I like to see that the inventor has done the work, the homework, to figure out what the manufacturing cost might be for said invention, which means that they've perhaps talked to a manufacturer, they've looked at what the raw materials are going to be, the process processes may be, and they've got a rough idea of what that manufacturing cost would be how it would change with volume and what the relation between that manufacturing cost is with their anticipated price. So that right away in an advisory role or as a potential investor might look at this, what kind of profitability could they be looking at here? And then secondly, how scalable is this? Yep, that's a really good point. Because people do not think about the business behind the invention. That's half the battle that we talked about a little bit last week. You've got to know what it costs. And there's lots of ways. You don't have to be a manufacturer. You don't have to know one. You can figure out roughly what other people do. I've got a client right now who's got an idea for an air filter that helps with coronavirus. Clearly, you know, industrial, commercial, residential applications, et cetera. They don't know what it costs, or they know what it costs now. But what they were able to do was uh, get a sense of what other filters cost by going to places like Alibaba or elsewhere to see what a wholesale cost would be for a similar product. And they just applied that. And then they could figure out what a good profit margin would be on top of that. And then they were able to sort of put some numbers together because of that. And then they could see if it felt right. And they've done that now. So, for example, if you, you're creating a widget 
you can find out that you know all the parts cost a dollar terrific but you gotta you gotta sell it for more than a dollar ten you gotta sell it for maybe two dollars because you gotta pay for your operating expenses outside the product and then you gotta make sure that okay you sell it wholesale to somebody if you sell it wholesale that those people can make the margins as attractive to them and so that the price point for the end consumer or buyer is worth it but you got to make sure you're making enough money at the end of the day. Otherwise, not so good. You're listening to Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I agree. And I love the fact that you bring into it the distributor here. If it's not attractive to them and they've got a, a bunch of other products that they're pushing out there, then yeah, they're not going to be too happy. So thinking about that whole chain, I think is really important. But your bigger point, thinking about the business side of it, I think that's really important because inventors tend to, as a group, this is not obviously completely true, but tend to get wrapped up in their invention, in the technology, maybe the application, but don't think about the business side of things. Yep. So I think uh... that's right. It's a painful process. And of course, your first prototype, you're going to spend a lot of money getting it right over and over again. You're going to polish it, figure it out, test it. The color could be an issue. All these things, you don't know. So you you spend a lot of money to get it to the right point. And then you figure out whether you can actually, the prototype is manufacturable. Just because you've got it doesn't mean a manufacturer can make it. You might have to make changes so the manufacturer could do something. For example, on our cooler business, we wanted to do something specific with our logo on the side of the drinkware business. We're actually doing as well as the cooler business. It wasn't easy. We thought it was very simple in a prototype, but when you get to the manufacturing, it's hard to produce that on scale. So we had to make a few changes. These are the things you go through when you're doing an invention. You might have the general thing, but to get it to market and to make it scalable, you might have to do, you might have to alter it somewhat. Yeah, I can totally relate. The, the diagnostic company that I'm embedded with now and have been for almost two years, we are creating a saliva collection kit. And so, Ooh. two things with that we had a prototype created and took it around on our summer vacation and uh, would let people try this thing out. And it was interesting to see if you just put it into somebody's hand, they could quickly maneuver a movable part there and you see it break in front of you and you just kind of go, oh, okay, that needs to be a little more robust, you know, or we need to sell it. We need to include directions or something. The other thing is the material types, whether it works technically. In in this case, it's a a diagnostic uh, kit. So you can't just pick any material You might, your imaging technology might not work with it. You might get the saliva or the reagent sticking in the, in the wrong way. All these little factors come into play. So I, I think manufacturing is a really important thing. There are good ways though, to get a good estimate as to what that might cost. Hey, podcast listeners, we're going to take a short break now. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to invite your friends. Remember to subscribe 
And if you want to help spread the word, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Each episode of Conversations on Startups focuses on a single topic. If you want to comment on something you've heard on the podcast or suggest a topic for us to cover in a future episode, send an email to go at todaysgreatidea.com or douglas at sparkclickgo.com. Glenn and I appreciate you and hope you find our uncut and unrehearsed stories, perspectives, and tips helpful. Speaking of helpful stuff, let's pick up where we left off. I like keeping it simple. What is it? How much does it cost? Do people want to pay for something? One of the stories I did here, you ever heard of textured wallpaper, Doug? Not as a product per se, but I've heard those two words put together before. Well, there's these three guys, Al, Mark, and Fred, who thought they had come up with the greatest idea ever, textured wallpaper. And they thought, okay, let's let's put these two shower curtains together and that'll create this effect. And we really there'll be ridges and all that kind of thing. Because there's air in between the stuff. And it was fine. So they, they formed a company and they started to try to sell it. It didn't go anywhere. Nobody wanted this textured wallpaper. And then they thought, oh, okay, well, this isn't working. Then they tried, oh, maybe greenhouse insulation. That'll work for that. No, that didn't work either. And they've been working on it for three years. And then one of the guys, Fred, had an idea that IBM was introducing their new brand new computer, which, of course, was a very sensitive piece of equipment. And they thought that maybe their product would help that computer arrive in pristine form. They pitched it to IBM and IBM loved it. And pretty soon every IBM product came with wrapped in this textured wallpaper. Do you know what I'm talking about as a product? Well, I'm thinking it's either bubble wrap or it's that sort of wavy corrugated cardboard. Bubble wrap. It was those two shower curtains put together to create a product that for the wrong it was a, for something completely different. And I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that having a prototype allowed them to do something with it and try it and see if different industries would want it. They initially thought it was one way, but some other industry needed it. And it became this great product, which you would never have thought would have come from textured wallpaper. It's a great idea. And I just think prototyping is so important. It just has to be sort of functional. It doesn't have to be pretty. Yep. Do it quickly, change it up where it's not working and get it into the hands of, of, in this case, they tried it with target users and had to keep looking. So that's that's interesting. And they, well, they had the wherewithal to do that. This is that term that people use, minimally viable product. Yeah. Create something that's got, that delivers the benefits that you're talking about. So people can see it and touch it and smell it. And, and they go, oh, okay, I get this. Refine it some more and we'll do it. Yeah. Really, really important with an invention. Yeah, I agree with you. Another quick story on the manufacturability is, uh, do you know um, Burt's Bees? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Roxanne Quimby is the person behind that. She wasn't the only person, but really the primary driver. And they started with candles because there were bees it was Burt's bees and this was i think maine or vermont turns out candle making is not necessarily that scalable but one of the things they thought of was lip balm it was only a couple of ingredients and she thought ah that we could manufacture at scale 
And that is was their most successful initial product. They have a lot of other products. But she th- had that in mind when she was thinking about how could she go from a very labor-intensive, let's create this product, take it down to the farmer's market type of scenario to something that could go into be- boutique sort of gift shops, something like that, you know, where she started and then on and upward from there. But very few ingredients, very manufacturable. Okay. Well, this is good. So it really comes to understanding your market, figuring out what the product can and cannot do. That prototype is the critical. You've got to be able to demonstrate it in some way. But that's why inventions take so long and they're not easy to do at the end of the day. One thing that I find always helpful for inventors is to think, because some people think they've invented something special and they may not have invented it before, is again to look at a couple of sources, totally free. Alibaba.com is a great source of what people are manufacturing in Asia. You can sort of type in some keywords and see if you can find something similar to what you're talking about because you you can make a difference. You could find something similar. That's great. You now know that somebody else is selling it. The other thing is to look at the uh, U.S. Patent and Trade Office, USPTO.gov. You can easily search for keywords for patents and the published applications and get a sense of people are creating stuff similar to what you're doing. doesn't mean because a patent exists that you can't do anything, but it's a helpful thing to, to know when you're talking to investors and others what your thing is and what your thing isn't and to show that you've figured out that there's no competition or there's somebody else, but they haven't done it well. That's really important. You're listening to Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Thanks for joining us. Let's get back to the show. I think so too. And you can do it on your own. It's a good start. But if you're moving along and you're putting time and dollars into this, I highly recommend getting a patent lawyer involved especially one that's familiar with the field, just to see, like you say, are you stepping on anybody else's? Can you create a patent here? And of course, there's other things you need to do beyond creating a patent, but you need to be thinking about whether you can defend it. But at least that's a good first start. You know, why put blood, sweat and tears into something that's not defendable and that's not investable? You may not find an investor willing to come in and and take a risk, but if you've got some good protection and you know the patent space, that's going to make you a lot more attractive. Yep. So have an idea, have some intellectual property if possible. Make sure you understand whether you have intellectual property or not. Those are critical things in talking to an investor. Yeah, that plus the manufacturing. And then if you have any of this Uh, customer contact and traction? Is it clicking with customers? And which customers? What's the use case? If it doesn't work to make for nice decor on people's walls, keep shopping it around. You know, (laughs) bubble wrap is everywhere now. It's a great thing. I'm not so sure it's great from a um, 360 (laughs) degree, take the product all the way to the end. But I, you know, I think it probably stands up well compared to styrofoam. That stuff you yep. can't break down. It takes up so much space and, and takes forever. But uh, yeah, you know, find the use case. Uh, you, you told another story in a previous episode that we had, which was the post-it notes, which was a similar yep. kind of thing. Yep. Where does this non-sticky glue work? So 
I think all of those things are really going to round out any inventor's quest to create a business. It's got to be a more holistic approach than just, hey, I can make this thing and I can make it work. Okay, that's great. Step one, is there a business opportunity here? That's really the question we've been talking about in today's episode. Benefits, benefits, benefits. That's what you're selling at the end of the day. No matter what invention or service you have, you're selling in the benefit of what the invention will do for somebody else. All right. Well, this has been a great episode. I think we've covered off a lot of the stuff we didn't cover off last week with inventions. What do we want to talk about next time? Well, there are a lot of myths around being an entrepreneur. Oh, you know, they're risk takers. Excessively taking risks would be one that comes to mind right away. But there are many others as well. So I thought it would be interesting if we did a little bit of myth busting. What about you? I think that's an excellent episode because there are a lot of myths. And you know, you see these people like on Shark Tank and Dragon's Den again who who think that they're gonna, you know, be really successful instantly because somebody puts some money into their business. And that is not the case. There's so many myths. I want to knock them down a bit so you go into what you're doing, being entrepreneurial, eyes wide open. Conversations on Startups is a production of Glenn Seward and Douglas Ross. We hope you're having fun listening, but mostly that you take action on your business idea. For more inspiration, visit our websites, todaysgreatidea.com and sparkclickgo.com. Another episode of Conversations on Startups will drop soon or is already available to binge. Thanks for joining us and remember to subscribe and invite your friends. See you next time.